Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate and I have Saki Taylor here with me today joining me and she is not only a friend, but we did get the privilege of working through the process of selling her home and buying a new one in the in the last year, which was so fun working with her family. Um, but I asked her to come on to share her experience in just the natural birth kind of arena. I know I've got lots of moms out there, some who have gone through process more naturally and others who haven't, but are interested. And so I thought, what better could we experience than just to have you share your personal experience as a doula, with a doula, all those types of things. So I have lots of questions. Um, I know my listeners will as well. So if you are listening to this live, please send in your questions. We'll answer those as we go. If you listen to this afterwards, um, please reach out and Saki and I will try to get a response to you. So we're just going to talk and share our experience and see if this is helpful for some of our moms out there listening. So Saki, tell us a little bit about you, your family, and your little ones before we jump in. Yeah, so I have four children, three that I was able to deliver in a birth center setting. And then I had a midwifery care in a hospital for one of them. And we've been in the Raleigh area for, gosh, for a really long time. I've basically been here since I was seven. My husband was born here. So we're we're definitely natives. And there's just so many great resources for um, alternative birth care in this area. So it's it's definitely a really good place to be in if you're kind of interested in um, exploring those options. Awesome. Very cool. I know when we were talking through the process of buying a home, this came up in conversation because I, I think I was pregnant at that point and I was saying I was getting ready to hopefully deliver at the birth center, which by God's grace, I was able to for my third, my first two, I didn't, but the third I did. So what made natural birth possible for you? Because you said you had three in a birth center and then one with midwifery care in a hospital. So tell us and maybe define what natural birth means for to you in this context and what made that possible? Yeah. So um, it's kind of an interesting thing. People call it natural childbirth. And I kind of prefer not to use that term just because it sort of indicates that a C-section or, um, you know, one with interventions are kind of unnatural. So I, I think we prefer to call it like unmedicated or intervention free um, or vaginal delivery versus a C-section. Um, but yeah, I was able to have that with all four of them, even in the birth center setting and the hospital setting. And um, I was really well set up to have uh, unmedicated um, intervention free births just because I kind of grew up in a very birth positive um, environment, both in my own family and in the church community around me. A lot of people were having babies and they were all kind of looking for that sort of care. A lot of birth center births, even home birth births. And so I kind of see it as a privilege really to have been able to um, have that sort of positive outlook. So the thing that, you know, I was a doula actually before I was married and had kids of my own, I became a doula in 2008. Um, so I was, I was quite young. And it, the catalyst for that was seeing my mom actually deliver her last three. So we're all kind of really spread out. I was 17 when my when I first saw my birth and her birth. And then she had her youngest three months before I was married. So, um, it, it, and she had a birthing center. And so I, I, I've kind of had a longstanding um, experience and relationship with them. But um, interestingly enough, it wasn't like the first birth I saw wasn't a beautiful, like natural, like, oh, and no problem, uh, problem free birth. It actually ended up being a hospital 
stillbirth. birth. And it was kind of an emergency situation because my sister had arrhythmia, which is like a regular heartbeat. Um, so it was an emergency transfer. And but what I saw was that because the birth center has such a great working relationship with the with the staff at UNC hospitals, midwife was able to maintain and provide care the whole time. And she was she was just continuous support. And so I just saw the importance of providing that continuous support of of the person laboring and improving the outcome. So she was able to not have a C-section. She was able to, she was induced, but she wasn't, um, she didn't have an epidural. And, you know, to this day, she's like, it was a great experience, even though it was so stressful. And so like it, it kind of a um, emergency situation. Um, so that really kind of pushed me into birth work just because I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to be involved. I want to, I want to see this happen. I want to provide this for people. And at the time I had no idea what a doula was. I don't, it wasn't as widely known at the time. I feel like it's kind of gotten more passion um, in recent years. But as I was looking actually into a midwifery program, I saw that they had a labor support or doula program. And so I enrolled in that first just to see like, oh, let me guess, you know, kind of get my feet wet, you know, because I was so young and I was like, I'm not really sure what I want to do, but I think this is interesting. So yeah, um, I was able to complete that course and I was a doula for, you know, a while before I was married and then it kind of got put on hold because I started my own family. That's awesome. And I, yeah, I agree. I, I went to a birth class that specialized in the Bradley method, which, and this was with Jen and my first Ellie. And so we knew nothing. And we're so glad that we enrolled in this class because it was a 12 week intensive class that we went through and they taught about birth support, specifically doulas, which I didn't know about. So we had a doula with all of the births, except the last one, I would call my sister-in-law. She was my doula, even though she She's not trained. She is almost like a trained doula. Um, but that was super helpful. Just having someone other than just Jed to rely on because, and he, I think that's what he was most on board for it because he was like, it felt like it took a little pressure off of him to be everything to me through the labor and delivery, even though he was great. He was really able to lean on the doula support so that they could direct him of Ashley needs this, or could you get this for her? Or, you know, just suggesting different positions for him to help make me more comfortable. So we were grateful to have that extra support. And I think that's awesome. So you're not currently practicing as a doula, but do you plan to go back to it? I'm actually about to recertify through Dona for both um, a birth and a postpartum doula. So I am planning to get back into it. It's just hard with young ones um, to be on call. But you know, it's kind of really interesting how you ask you talk about the um, the different relationship between you know, you have your support person, like a doula, and then you also have your partner. Um, and then you obviously have your birth team of the nurses and the midwives. And you know, what kind of is the different relationships? And what are their specific roles? And you know, like a doula is a very specific role. And it doesn't, I guess there could be some overlap, but it doesn't replace any of those other roles. Yeah. And that I think that's what we experienced too. It just like I said, took some pressure off of Jed, which he appreciated even on our third, it was like nice just to have someone else who had the experience to kind of, you know, bring to the table. So like myself, you know, I came into pregnancy wanting an unmedicated birth to use your terms, which I think is a really good clarifying way. I wanted an unmedicated non or low intervention birth, if at all possible. I know that's not possible for everyone. So it's like, I love my friends that bring the perspective of there's no shame in what is the outcome. If you have a, a healthy baby and you got to go through it, there's no shame. And I still struggle with that with my first two, because they were medicated and, you know, there was intervention. So it's God's grace that he let me experience one without, but it also gave me 
compassion for women who've had them medicated because I have two and I know how hard it is to not. So what would you say to a friend or someone who's coming to you saying, I really would love to have a natural birth. What would you recommend to help me achieve that? Yeah. So, I mean, having a doula is like a really big step in that because, you know, laborers provide, um, obviously support during um, the labor, uh, you know, they're a training pers person who's provides comfort measures and all these things, um, physical and emotional support during labor, but they also are capable of providing um, informational resources, informational resources throughout pregnancy and um, during labor. And then obviously, you know, is for some short amount of time in postpartum. And so they can be an invaluable resource and in making those kinds of decisions because it really depends on kind of setting yourself up for, for this thing. Like education is really important. You know, what options are available to you? Is there a birth center? You know, are home births legal in your state? You know, just kind of navigating all those things. Um, the information is out there, but finding them isn't always the easiest. And so having a, an experienced doula to be able to kind of talk through those options with you is great. And obviously there's lots of books and articles you can read and um, just having the presence of a doula there, um, the benefits are, you know, lowered C-section rates, uh, sh uh, slightly shorter labor times, uh, lower use of pain medication and analgesics in labor, you know, so it kind of goes on and, and a big part of it, you know, is, is kind of this positive outlook and positive memory of the birth itself. So even if you had, you know, a less than ideal birth, uh, maybe you had you'd hope that you wouldn't have an epidural or um, maybe you, you had hope that you wouldn't end up with being induced or with a C-section, just having the presence of a doula there just gives you a more positive outlook. Like you're able to process it better. Uh, and that's awesome. And you had sent me some resources, which I'll put in the show notes for people, books to read, classes, all different things that people can look at to help. And I think that was what was probably most helpful for Jed and I with our first was one, going through a birth class and then two, hiring a doula to prepare us and then reading, um, Ina May's book, um, I, that was super helpful for, for me. And I was like, anybody who wants to be in the birth room with me has to read this book. <laughs> I think that gave me just a lot of perspective that's different. Cause I, for me growing up, I've always feared what childbirth would be like. Cause I think we only hear about how horrific it can be and the, you know, the pain. And so for someone who's a planner not being able to plan when it's going to come, that produces a lot of anxiety. And then just the unknown of what, what is this going to look like for me? So having all these support people um, teaching and even just helping give some perspective was awesome for us. So I think you would agree that, you know, any of those types of resources would be good to help someone prepare. And you gave some benefits of a doula, just decreasing the time of labor. I think that's an awesome stat. And then also decreasing the use of some of those options that can be Inter, you know, intervention that may take you to a C-section, which may not be your end goal. So for you specifically, so you were a doula and then you go on to have your own children. How did your doula specifically help you through your labor and delivery? Um, so interestingly enough, I did not have a professional doula at my births. And it, it was sort of interesting when you were sending me these questions, I was like, should I have had a doula at my births? You know, it was kind of a question I asked myself. Um, so my mom was there and because she was, you know, she, I was at her births and it was just kind of a full circle thing. And um, she was a great doula. And 
with my first birth, it, it was kind of, it was short, but it was sort of textbook, you know, early labor actively were pushing stage. And, you know, my husband and my wife as a team were great. Um, and so I didn't necessarily feel like I needed that extra support. And then with my latter three, they were so fast. So it's like, it increasingly got faster and faster each time. And so I was like, I don't know when a doula would have actually really stepped in. But as I was, um, you know, just kind of actually writing out all my answers about what's the benefit of doula? Why do we even, you know, need doulas? And, you know, who benefits from a doula? I was like, you know, I, I actually think I should have had one mostly because, because I had had natural childbirths with all of them. I kind of took it for granted. And I don't think I gave enough space to each birth as being its own experience. And so I was just like, oh, well, I know this, how this is going to go. I know what to expect, you know, like it's just kind of par for the course, I guess. And so with my last one, I think my husband may have told you like some details of my, of my, um, my fourth being born. So he's 15 months old now, but I barely made it to the birthing center. It was was a very stressful thing. And um, I mean, I can kind of like briefly give you the story, but I had had prodromal labor, which I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with, but it's basically like early labor that's dragged out over a course of a couple of weeks is very common in subsequent pregnancies. And it's exhausting. It's like, it kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat, but it never like gives you enough. And um, I was I had lack of sleep. I was tired. I had, you know, other kids to take care of. So I was kind of in denial that I was going to go into labor. I even went to the birthing center and they checked me. It was funny because they were like, oh, I can't find your cervix. And I'm like, what? How can you not find my cervix? They're like, I can't feel it. And I'm like, "Uh, what am I supposed to say to that? Um, But it was just, I have a tilted, um, my uterus was tilted. And so, you know, it it was fine. But anyway, it's kind of a crazy moment. And uh, so I just, I I think I sort of put it in the back burner of my mind. I was just trying to distract myself because I was like, okay, I don't know when it's going to come. I'm tired and I'm exhausted. So I kind of, uh, it was on a weekend actually, because we were out as family. I was like, let's go do something fun because I need to distract myself from all of this. So we went out for lunch we went shopping. And there, you know, throughout I was having contractions, but I I barely registered them. And then there was a couple of times where like, oh, I kind of need to stop walking a little bit, but then I was fine. So I just kept going. And this kind of carried out throughout the day. And if I had had a doula, I probably would have texted them and they would probably been like, you might want to call your midwife, you know, because my labors are so fast. And my midwife was like, when you think you might be in labor, you should already be in here because you might not make it because I have a 45 minute drive to the birth center. But you know, I'm not thinking clearly in this moment. And so um, I was at dinner with my in-laws and we're standing around the island and I'm in mid-sentence and I'm like wait a minute and I you know stop for a minute and they're just like are you okay <laughs> like oh I'm fine I'm fine this has been going on so I go home and I'm like you know what I, t- I tell my husband Austin I'm like I'm gonna take a bath because I want to be able to sleep and I'm gonna call my mom just kind of give her a heads up but it's probably nothing so I'm in the bath I'm calling my mom and then she even says are you sure you should go to bed should you call the midwife and I'm like you know, I'll know. And the thing that I held on to was that with each of my labors, my water broke before they really like started. And so I was, it was like in the back of my mind, I was waiting for my water to break basically. And so I go to bed and I'm just about dozing off and I feel that pop. I'm like, that's, that's it. You know? And so I walk in the bathroom, sure enough, my water is broken. You know, I'm telling my husband, I'm like, my water broke. And he's like, uh, okay. And I'm like, call your mom, you know, cause we need somebody to come take care of the kids. And I called the midwife and she's like, okay, so are you having regular contractions? And I was like, well, I've been having them on and off all night long. I'm not like, they're not like textbook contractions, but they're there. And she's like, well, you should probably come, you know, just come in. Like it's it's safer to just come in. So my husband's trying to get a hold of my mother-in-law and she's not answering her phone. And as, as this is going on, the, the contraction just suddenly like come and I'm like, oh no. And I have this thought of, 
I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> I'm not sure. So she finally, uh, he finally gets in touch with my father-in-law who wakes her up because she had had her phone on, um, like, do not disturb or something. And I'm just like, you knew I was like, have a baby. And I was like, cause I was like, Austin, we might just need a little for kids. I, I don't know. I'm, I, you know, so we finally get in the car and it's a 45 minute drive and it's silent because I'm laboring and he's like super tense. He's, you know, and you have met my husband. He's really quiet anyways. And so he's not going to necessarily just like make conversation, but it's just silent in the car. And I'm just trying to get through the contractions and about halfway in, I'm like, I'm actively holding this baby in. I'm not just like suffering through the contraction. I'm just like, okay, I can't. And then what I didn't know was that the gas was like on empty. And so my husband was super stressed that the gas was going to like run out. So that's part of why he wasn't talking. And so at one point I was like, how much longer? And he's like, oh, uh, about 15 minutes. And thankfully, because there was no traffic, we actually made it in 35 minutes because if it had taken the 45 minutes, I would have had the baby in the car. So we finally get there and I'm like, I can't wait for you. I don't care whether you bring the bags in or I'm like making a beeline for the door. I knock on the door and I try to open it and it's locked. And I'm like, oh no, the midwife's not here yet. And I'm like knocking and knocking. They're like, okay, come in. And I'm like, the door's locked. <laughs> so the midwife comes, opens the door for me and she's like, oh, you know, hi. And they're trying to make conversation. I'm just like, get me to a room, please. <laughs> and they're like, oh, which room would you like? And I was like, I really don't care at this point. And so like, they're making conversation and they're like, okay, we'll go to the green room. And I'm like, okay, and I'm like walking. And they're like, oh no, in the wrong room. And I'm just like, which way am I supposed to go? I'm not thinking clearly. I'm I'm waiting for my next contraction to come, you know, because like I won't be able to walk at that point. So the midwife says, would you like me to start the tub? Because I know you had said at one point you wanted a water birth. And I was like, Oh, I don't think so. And so I get to the bed and I lean over and I'm like, I need to take my pants off. So I <laughs> take my leggings off and my husband walks in. My mom walks in like right in front of him and basically the baby's crowning and it comes out in one. And so it was like within five minutes. It was just as soon as I get there, it's like whoop, <laughs> standing up. So it was, it was kind of crazy. But I, all I had to say, I should have gone in much sooner and having a doula probably, you know, they would have pushed me to go in sooner. And Obviously, like it's, it makes for an interesting story. It's fun. And the outcome was fine. The baby was fine. I was fine. But a lot of things could have technically gone wrong. And so, you know, a doula can help you make those kind of maybe wiser decisions in the moment. And I think that is so true because I think as a mom, even having multiple births, you just don't necessarily know. I didn't feel, I didn't trust myself or the contractions. My first, I had prodromal labor for a week. So I was like, I'd have no clue when this baby is coming based on that experience and having long labors and then hearing people say, well, your next one will be faster. You just don't know. So there's all these competing thoughts and ideas in your head. And then you know, like my husband saying, we will not have a car birth. We do not want to have this baby in the car, you know? So it's like all of these things, but he would always be like, call the birth center, call the doula, ask them what they think, you know? And so I, I agree. I think that was super hopeful. And I, I would say, and I don't know, like you said, you went a little bit too late. i I, I went this last one I had within 45 minutes of getting to the birth center, which was super fast after having labored there for eight hours and not having a baby and transferring to the hospital with Parker, my earlier one, that staying home was my number one goal with this third kid was to stay in a comfortable setting, which was home for me and labor there as long as I possibly could. And that's what my sister-in-law encouraged me to do. Get out and walk your neighborhood, keep moving through the contractions. It's so that I wasn't in a room at the birth center 
watching the clock go around as I felt like I wasn't progressing. And so I felt like that was super helpful for me, even though she wasn't a trained doula, she'd had, you know, four births of her own. And just like, she'd keep saying, I don't think it's time to go yet. I don't think it's time to go yet, which is so helpful until I finally said I'm going. And thankfully I did because I had the baby, you know, within 45 minutes of getting there. But yeah, I think having other people to help kind of determine, is it the right time? Cause like you said, you're usually exhausted because labor often comes at night, maybe hungry because you haven't eaten in hours. And then you're just not thinking totally clearly to be able to make really good decisions. So someone else who can think a little bit more objectively, I think can be really helpful. Uh, you had talked about this prenatal and postpartum yoga. I'm curious to hear about this. I did not do anything like this. So tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah. So I just finished a prenatal and postpartum yoga training just a few weeks ago and it was, it was phenomenal. And what got me interested in it was that I had chronic pain issues after the birth of my third one. I broke my tailbone with all of them basically. And like it subsequently got worse. So I just had constant like a sacroiliac pain, like it's, it's just pain in the sacrum and to the point where um, it was messing with my daily fu daily function. Um, I couldn't walk for long periods of time. I couldn't sit for long periods of time. I mean, even taking the kids to and from school was difficult. So I was like, okay, something needs to happen. And this is where um, I found a pelvic physical therapist, which is something I highly recommend for all pregnant people. Find one, you know, and I think in my resource list, I I list out a couple. So like, even if you don't have an issue, just getting checked out, you know, kind of knowing that this is a part of um, that kind of care is, is really important. So, you know, I went to the physical therapist, she was able to help me a, a great deal. But um, she also recommended yoga as like a rehabilitary process. And so but because I was postpartum, I wasn't all that keen on going to classes just because I had three kids. And then I had, you know, I had the two kids and I had a baby at home. And so I was like, it's gonna be really hard to like, you know, juggle childcare and trying to find a way to get out. And I probably should have prioritized it, but I didn't at the time. And so I was able to find online resources. And so, you know, I did, I did yoga online and, you know, had done it through the postpartum period of my third and then did prenatal yoga with my fourth. And then, you know, it was just the recovery was so much easier this time around. And so, you know, just from the prenatal perspective, all of the poses and the movements that you do can be modified to um, support a pregnant body. And so um, it's just, you know, a lot of the poses that you do, you know, increasing flexibility, mobility, strengthening, all those things are just, you know, really helpful in prepping for labor. And then just in terms of, you know, breathing and body awareness is just also a big thing, right? Like trying to get through those contractions. It's all about breathing. It's all about like relaxation and just kind of feeling where you are in the moment. And then awareness of those muscles and, you know, your pelvic floor and your core and the postpartum or um, yoga is just from that rehabilitary, uh, rehabilitatory uh, mindset of, uh, you know, knitting your core back together and kind of, you know, because a lot of people have like diastasis, um, where it's like the abdominal separation, and um, people don't really know how to, you know, re-engage those muscles again. And a lot of people don't realize that they have any kind of dysfunction, because it's, you know, most care providers kind of tell you, oh, that's normal, you know, um, and it's not, it's like, okay, it's within the range of normal, but is it functional for me? And so that was like a big thing was it's like, okay, it might, it, it might not be like an emergency situation, but like, I'm having trouble with this. Therefore, what can I do to get better? That's awesome. That's super helpful. And so are these classes that are in local boutiques or, or online, like you were saying, how can people get registered or part of these types of classes? Um, yeah. So there, the one I got the training through is called whole mama yoga. And they're actually it 
in person in Chapel Hill, Carborough area. But also just with the pandemic, a lot of yoga instructors have moved to an online platform. So it's it's kind of a great resource for pregnant and postpartum people because, you know, it, it might not always be accessible to get out of the door. And so, you know, having all these either live Zoom classes or recorded videos is, you know, it's, it's a boom. So I would say like being in a class setting would be great for the community aspect of it and kind of getting that in-person support and, you know, building, you know, possibly building those relationships. But if you're just like, it, it would be better than nothing to like, at least do the online things. Definitely. And I'm going to throw one last question at you that I didn't prepare you for, but I'm curious because I ask um, people this. So what would you say, like, if I was hiring you as a doula and said, you know, my personality is type A, very driven, but very controlling, liking things to be planned and ordered. And I'm terrified of, of birth, even having three, I'm still terrified of it. What would you say to someone like that with that type of personality that says, I want an unmedicated birth, but I'm so fearful and have want to be in control. And it's one thing that takes me completely out of control. How can I successfully have an, you know, um, unmedicated birth. Any thoughts on what you say to someone like me? Um, yeah. So on the one hand, it's like, be prepared for the unexpected is kind of a mindset you, that you have to have. And it, you know, you're definitely not the only one or to have fear surrounding childbirth. I mean, all the movies, all of the stories, the sensational stories are the ones that are kind of crazy, right? So um, honestly, reading um, positive birth stories. So like you were mentioning, you read Ina Mae Gaskin's um, book, which has tons of positive birth stories, talking to people who had those kinds of labors, um, you know, um, expecting better is a really good book. It's by Emily Oster. And it's not just about birth, but it, it gives you a very evidence-based statistic driven view of like, what are the pros and cons of these kinds of decisions? So, you know, if you're, like you said, if you're coming from this point of like, if I can control certain things, I would like to control certain things. I think that's really great. Um, resource uh, evidence-based birth um, is a website and I believe she also has a book that she came out with which I've not read yet but she also has a podcast so I know there's a lot of podcasts out there that also talk about this kind of birth and what are options for you so on the one hand it's like you're right it's it's not a controllable thing many unexpected things happen but you know, in your, for yourself, feeling prepared and really just getting a great solid birth team around you is just, you know, I think is going to be probably the most helpful thing. And, you know, and I mean, recognizing that, you know, things can happen, but also just being well prepared. And I think those are kind of the main things I would, I would say. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting too. When I look at my friends that have had unmedicated births, it seems like I, the trend I'm seeing is that the ones that are a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more laid back and a little bit less control freak, you know, like me, they seem to have a more successful time having a natural birth. And what I've heard is that they're, they're able to one relax and lean into a contraction versus resist it. And my temptation is to resist and fight it to the point of like, you can't. And that's what I experienced in my natural birth was the, it, it, I said to Jed, I was like, I didn't do it. It happened to me. Like I, I it was like, it, the baby's coming. You can't, you know, you can try and fight it. But once I got to the pushing stage, there was no resisting that baby was dropping and coming out just in the way God designed it, which is such a miracle and amazing. 
but terrifying at the same time because I really realized I am completely out of control. I can help assist this baby, but this baby's coming, um, which is all amazing, you know, when you think back on it. But I think my experience just with my personality, I have been my biggest roadblock in having a natural birth. So if I would tell anybody anything, it's like getting yourself out of the way to be able to have what God designed for our bodies. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but my fear really gripped me my, you know, my first two. So letting that fear kind of be released a little bit would be helpful. So, well, thank you so much for sharing so much of your story with us. And I hope this is helpful to other moms that are listening and considering an unmedicated birth. Um, you said that you'd be happy to answer questions for people. So what is the best email for you? And I can share that with our listeners. Um, so it's Saki.Taylor at gmail.com. So any questions um, just about anything I shared, or if you're looking for um, recommendations in the area um, or good resources. Yeah. That's awesome. And Saki is spelled S-A-K-I dot Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. Thank you again. It was so good to hear your stories and um, I'll see everybody next week. Thank you. See you. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.